Welcome to the Inspired by Adventure podcast, bringing you the adventure across the airwaves. All right. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Inspired by Adventure podcast. Today is our Cup of Joe with CEO uh, version of these calls. And these are great for um, not only just our customers, but also our employees to get a little bit of uh, updates on everything that's going on with everything to do with Aggressor Adventures. So how are you doing today, Wayne? I see you got your coffee. Good. 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 Thanks, Cole. I got my Cup of Joe ready to go. All right. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get on into it. So um, let's start with talking about some of the new destinations or some of the destinations that have updates with what's going on with them. You know, the, probably the uh, the two that are been in the news and the most requested information and updates from our from our guests have been uh, the BVI aggressor and the Cayman aggressor. Right. So um, obviously, uh, everybody knows all the issues um, through the pandemic with with supplies and and, and uh, staff uh, for services like like mechanics and things. Mm-hmm. It it has been um, the biggest struggle we ever had. But of course, you know, we just continue to work through it. Uh, good news is BVI Aggressor is on its maiden voyage this week. So um, finally, right. after after almost a year of delays for for uh, mostly for parts and supplies because we upgraded the, uh, all the engines mm-hmm. um, and some of the interior, um, it's up and running. All the dive operators and and uh, tour tour businesses and BVI are happy to have us there to 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 further enhance the the image of the BVI and, and all the great diving they have there. Yeah, it does look like it's going to be a great destination for us. And we already know that one of our best liveaboards in the fleet, the, the formerly known as the Cayman Aggressor 5, is now moved over to the BVI Aggressor. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so uh, we originally had uh, worked with uh, Cayman and government and the uh, shipping registry there, and they had approved everything for the vessel. Uh, it got there. Thing, uh, people had changed. Things had changed in the government. Uh, they are managed by the UK, and some other people came over, and uh, you know, new people have new rules, and uh, they were not happy with the uh, length of the vessel because it was a little bit longer than the Cayman uh, four, four. Mm-hmm. and. Uh, uh, we're, you know, we had some issues with with uh, getting Marine Park uh, permit. So mm-hmm. um, made a deci- we've been looking at the BVI anyway, so we made a decision to to put it there because originally the Cayman 4 was going into a complete remodel right. and would be going to the BVI. So we just swapped the vessels. No, you know, not a not a, not a huge task. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, uh, it worked out just fine because Cayman had some really strict COVID protocols that um, were keeping tourists away. Right. So was really um, worth um, the switch anyway to get it over to BVI and get it started start uh, operating. It sounds like a win-win for both destinations. Yeah, absolutely. Because now the Cayman 4 is almost complete on its uh, remodel. Now we took it uh, into dry dock, completely gutted the vessel, uh, completely gutted the helm because it was on the, the main deck. We've mm-hmm. raised it um, up and made um, underneath of that at the front now a big master stateroom. Okay. Um, we've taken out all but two rooms that had bunk beds. So all, before all the rooms were bunk beds, right. except for one. We've taken all of them out except for two and that uh, near the front of the boat. Cause as you know, as yachts, you know, go to the front, they get, you know, they get more narrow. Right. Um, so just we're not able to get uh, adequate um, separate beds in there. So, which is fine. will mm-hmm. be a lower cost room for people that, that might want to save a few bucks. Sure. Um, and uh, of course, you know, same issues with, with supplies and, and, and parts, but um, we've got everything there on site at the dry dock and they're, they're putting it back together, buttoning it up. And uh, we're hoping to be um, back uh, in Cayman, uh, in October. 
Okay. Where we can we can do some sea trials and get the final touches and and linens and dishes and food and all that put on board and be running charters by the end of November. Okay, good. I know we we're happy to get Cayman back as our customers are as well. It's always been one of our most not only a most popular destination in Caribbean, but one of our most popular ones we've had for many years. And in fact, our first uh, liveaboard ever, the Cayman Aggressor, the original one was started. That's there. right. And that's the last destination that has not reopened. Is that, is that yeah. right? Okay, yeah. good. So then we're fully back open. Plus one because the Philippines is, uh, and the BDI is, is up. Philippines was really a destination before the pandemic. Unfortunately, they never got a charter um, under their belt. Right. Um, so technically it's a new destination for our customers because they've never been on it, but BDI is a, is a plus one for us. Um, uh, since then okay that sounds very good and strong i'm happy to hear all that stuff and i know our customers are as well so you touched on philippines let's go ahead and go ahead and talk about that i know that started just a couple of weeks ago um we do have a podcast coming out with uh captain tom gebhart who is our uh reseller manager here at aggressor adventures who just went on his trip and uh you guys can keep your eye out for that so give us a little bit of update on the philippines yeah, so um, I'm scheduled to go there um, next February, and uh, watching all the videos I'm seeing coming back from each trip makes me really jealous because I've, I've never seen a thresher shark, and they're seeing them quite frequently over there on the right, trips. Right. So really looking forward to that. They've had a lot of whale shark encounters, um, which are known for over there, plus all the little small pygmy uh, seahorses and things that um, are there as well. So a very exciting destination that offers um, one of the few that we have that offers um, everything from whale sharks to and, and unique sharks like the thresher down mm -hmm. to pygmy seahorses. That's great. And Tom really raved about how good the food was. Yeah, we've been getting some good services. Obviously, when you know we have a startup, no matter how much we train and 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 uh, and trial before we start the first charter, there's always things we learn, um, and it takes you know a couple of weeks to get things um, up and going. Luckily, we have plenty of guests that that love to be early adopters and and you know understand <laughs> there's going to be a few hiccups on those first couple. But um, yeah, everything's running very smooth over there. Customers are extremely happy, and the food's good, and and they all rave about not only the service but how much space there is on that yacht. That's great. That's great. And uh, yeah, that's the other thing I was about to touch on was how, how, how roomy and spacious it is. How many people are able to be on that? 24. All right. That's awesome to hear about Philippines and exciting stuff. Um, let's talk about Guadalupe, the, our cage diving itinerary for the support. Yeah. So uh, a lot of customers have been asking what happened with that season. So last year they, they cut it off this year. Um, the, all the operators uh, went to get their permits and the government agency that runs that um, in conjunction with the army, uh, uh, together, the Army and that agency decided they're not going to open the season this year. Um, it, it's very frustrating because there was no mention of that prior to um, uh, us getting our permit. You have to get a permit every year. Right. Um, so we had, like every other operator, all of our customers that were, were, were um, re reserved to go, we, we, had to, we had to cancel them, unfortunately, because there's you know, just no, no alternative. Um, we're working with um, a couple of um, marine economists that put um, numbers and dollars to the value of tourism in in and uh, in, in, in marine animals. Okay. So they're they're putting dollar values on white sharks and how much it means to the economy there. Wow. Um, and hopefully we can present that you know to the uh, minister of tourism and the and the park authorities and show them what kind of dollar amount that that uh, they're missing they're out missing on. out on. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Well, good to hear that that might be coming back soon. But it's one of those things that 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 sounds like a great uh, um, thing, having the economists come in and do that study. Um, we've got some really exciting news about Cuba and uh, Oceans for Youth. Yeah, so uh, 
Cuba's been um, a great destination. Cuba's been a great destination for um, uh, our people-to-people -people program. Unfortunately, um, with the change in our gov our government, you know, it, it it changes what we can and can't do down in Cuba. Right. You know, there's Cuba has no embargo on who can come in. I mean, they don't care. Um, it's the U.S. that has had the rules preventing um, uh, citizens from from going down there uh, for tourism. They still um, prevent you from going down there for tourism. But um, uh, under um, Obama, it had it, they had relaxed the rules a little bit so that you, they kind of expanded the existing people to people program so you could have a general license and make sure you certify that you're doing all the things that that uh, are required and you could then run your your program down there through a through a nonprofit or a nonprofit could run it really is um, uh, through um, through a uh, travel company such as us. Right. So oceans for youth. Uh, has been in, in existence for over 20 years. And so part of the requirements with OFAC, the Office of Foreign Asset Control, who manages sanctions around the world, mm -hmm. is that um, any nonprofit that is running these people-to-people -people program have to be in existence for more than 10 years. So the Oceans for Youth more than met that requirement. Perfect. And so they put together the people-to-people -people program, sent it to their attorney in uh, Washington, D.C. that works with OFAC and sanctions around the world. They then um, went over to OFAC, reviewed the, the requirements, and certified that Oceans for Youth met all the all the um, legal requirements. So there was no issue with any of citizen going down there and then coming back, getting into trouble, getting fined, which is a very expensive fine, mm -hmm. uh, or or um, having uh, other uh, legal issues. Um, so they then contracted with us, since um, we're you know obviously all over the Caribbean with liveaboards, to manage a reservation system for them rather than trying to create a new one. Okay. So uh, we've been doing that since day one. Uh, years ago, uh, the situation changed when uh, President Trump came in and he tightened up the the sanctions on Cuba a little bit, and so it disallowed those general licenses, um, and they were not allowing any. Uh, specific licenses. So they told us don't even apply for one because it's not going to happen. Okay. So uh, once um, that uh, uh, government changed in DC, they again relaxed the rules again and uh, Oceans for Youth recertified their general license and and we are run, now running uh, the reservation system form again and customers are you know now able to go down there through the people to people and not only see the great um, uh, uh, ecosystem they have there because they've had almost 30 years of marine park protection down there. Right. Um, but um, also do uh, the people to people requirements of, of, of hearing about uh, from the marine scientists down there about all the programs um, that, that are being run and being able to, to, to talk to some of the locals and, and find out about, you know, life in Cuba and, 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 and in exchange, you know, they can learn about life here in the U.S. Right. It, but, you know, diving down there, and I've dove all over the world, I've never been on dives where I've had, I don't know, 50, 60 reef sharks, great reef sharks all around me, just crazy the number of, of, of uh, sea life down there, and have, you know, five or six huge goliath groupers mm -hmm. um, at the same time. I mean, it's really, they've done an amazing job um, for um, a country that you wouldn't expect to have such um, uh, efforts put into marine park protection. But luckily, um, Fidel Castro was a huge scuba diver. Really? And so he was all for um, all the protections that um, they were putting in um, to, to, to um, save their, their marine parks. They've got the biggest 
um, uh, gardens of elkhorn coral I've ever seen. I mean, really, just as far as you can see, they have these elkhorn coral gardens down there. So just an amazing ecosystem. Yeah, we really promote it as uh, untouched diving because that's really what it's like. And um, can you tell us a little bit about the itineraries that we'll be offering down there? Yeah, so there's two. So uh uh, Ocean's View started out doing just the Gardens of the Queen, which mm -hmm. is the most uh, famous um, down there. Known as Jardines de la Reina. That, that's right. To the locals. That's right. And then uh, to the uh, west of that is a very similar uh, marine ecosystem uh, uh, called Zapata. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, it, it, and a lot of Americans might know it uh, uh, geographically more as the Bay of Pigs, because that's where the, uh, you know, the historically... Clash, historical clash was with with us and, and Cuba okay. um, back in the Kennedy era, but um, that's where we come out of. We we come out of the Bay of Pigs um, Bay mm -hmm. and come out to that Zapata area and and dive around there, and it's just amazing uh, ecosystem, just like Gardens of the Queen. And a lot of walls on the Zapata. That's right, too, right. That's right. A lot more walls there. There's also some uh, some. Uh, uh, not necessarily blue hole diving, but there's some very deep um, caverns okay. um, that you can drop into that's very dramatic. Oh, very cool. Very cool. All right. Well, uh, moving on, we do have another uh, new liveaboard coming into the fleet, um, and it's the Raja Ampat Aggressor 2. That's correct. Yeah. So the original Raja Ampat Aggressor obviously did that amazing area in northern Indonesia, out of mm -hmm. Sarong and, and the Darwin Islands. Uh, and it, unfortunately, that vessel was um, being um, regulated out of business. So the local regulations coming in to manage the all the liveaboards up there, um, some of the uh, engine and generator requirements um, were not going to be met for um, for these new regulations. So um, uh, it just so happened that um, during this uh, pandemic. Um, uh, phase, um, you know, in transition, um, they were able to to um, uh, shut down the boat that um, was not meeting the new requirements, and then purchase this uh, Rajan Aggressor II, which is the traditional Panisi style uh, Indonesia that uh, most um, liveaboards um, uh, adhere to over there. Right, it looks very similar to the Indo Aggressor. That's correct, uh, but it's got some green to it, right? It looks yeah. really cool. It's different than anything we I've seen since I've been here. Yeah, some of the um, people that have been over there, some of our customers um, also that have been up to that area a lot. Um, it used to be the Tambora, so they'll okay. they're very familiar with it. Great, great boat, great layout, okay. and uh, most of um, our Raja Ampat staff uh, return. So okay. um, for our customers that have been there, um, they'll know that. Um, you know, the, what the great services that, um, that we offer there and the crew, the crew, all the crew in Indonesia is, you know, just as friendly as nice and they can be. And, Good. and, um, uh, one uniqueness about the Raja Ampat aggressor crew and staff is that they love music. They love to sing. They love to play their, their instruments. Yeah. And so if you encourage them and they, and they know you, you, um, you're, you're happy with it, even during every dive when you're out there getting your wetsuit on, they're back there singing and playing and it's just a great festive atmosphere. Yeah, they play a lot of their traditional songs there, but I heard on a recent trip that they uh, performed uh, Country Roads for their mostly American uh, group that they had that week. <laughs> nice, nice. I'd like to hear that. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> All right. Uh, 
Last one we have here to talk about uh, as far as the, the new uh, updates to the liveaboards is the Indo Aggressor is back. Yep. So Indo Aggressor um, started um, back in July uh, and they've been having you know, great marine encounters like, you know, we know they uh, like we expect and know that they're going to have uh, most of their staff came back uh, also. Uh, and the owners went on along with our staff. Um, for um, from operations, but the owners also went on board the first couple of trips and they've had no issues um, with their startup, which is nice and been going well. Okay. All right. Well, all that stuff is interesting and exciting to hear uh, about the, the new updates there. Um, you know, earlier when we started, you were talking about um, the difficulties that it's been uh, with all of, over the past two years. It's been, and we've been flipped upside down and we still have managed to you know, get our liveaboards back, some of them slower than others. Um, but what have you learned uh, from this experience? And, and what, you know, no company can grow without, you know, speed bumps and hiccups. It's a great opportunity to talk about, you know, what you thought we've done and, and uh, able to uh, thrive yep. through a difficult time. So every, every company, uh, or let's, let's say every major invention has come from disruptions. Uh, it could either be like the pandemic, or it could be from another invention. So let's take an example of the iPhone. You know, the iPhone came out of the disruption of the invention of the internet. So without the invention of the internet, the iPhone would, you know, would, would never have been, been created or mm -hmm. invented. Uh, Tesla is another good example. And so Tesla came out of the disruption of battery technology going from lead acid to lithium ion. So, you know, Tesla didn't disrupt the whole car industry. They, they, um, uh, built on the invention of the disruption of the battery. So same thing with us. And so we we have have um, uh, used this disruption to further you know um, what we can do. So at all of our destinations, you know we worked on. We knew that you know it wasn't a matter of when, but if we had an illness on board. And so going forward, it doesn't matter if it's a you know a, a, a pathogen like we've seen in a virus or something as simple as a, as a cold. You know what can we do going forward to uh, make sure we we have the right protocols in place? Right. So you know we started with cleaning supplies. You know just because it's a brand name and everybody uses it, is that the right one? Maybe that's not the right one that is the best. Um, at our destinations. Or most eco-friendly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So we broke all that down to ingredients, did the research, what's, you know, what's going to be the best thing to use, and then built that back up to what's available in every destination because brand names are not available around the world. Right. So we now have all that in place to make sure we have the best cleaning and sanitizing chemicals and, and supplies and processes that we'll continue to, to use and update um, uh, forever. Um, we also... Um, went into uh, not only our services, a, a possible spread of a, of a, a pathogen, but airborne is, is just as bad. Mm -hmm. So we found uh, UV lights that we could put in all of our AC systems, all of our air conditioning systems that kills 99.9% .9 of every pathogen wow. that's airborne. Okay. So now we've, we've not only got the surfaces clean, now we've got the air as clean as possible. Okay. So, you know, those are things that, you know, we learned that um, and, and, and improved upon um, that we might not have um, had not been, you know, through this, through this process. The other interesting part of this is we actually come out with better service um, ideas. So one of the, as an example, one of the things we did was um, nitrox um, uh, testing. So 
typically every customer grabs a nitrox analyzer and they go to their tank and they test it and then they hand it to the next person to hand it to the next person. We were concerned about handing that nitrox sure. uh, analyzer around to everybody. So we said, okay, we're going to have our one of our staff member, they can sanitize their hands, sanitize the, the nitrox analyzer, and then test each tank themselves and, and show the customer what the percentage is. Yeah. Well, we realized quickly that that was just a great service uh, doing a, con a concierge nitrox analyzing for okay. our customers. All right. Yeah. So, so we've added that as a as a as a service that we can we can do for our customers that was born out of you know some other reason, but a great idea to add to the five star service that we we um, we deliver to everybody. Okay. All right. Um, that sounds good. So we do have one more boat to talk about that uh, some people have may not have heard of yet that. Um, uh, Cocos Island is getting a new uh, yacht over there. It's going to be the Cocos Island Aggressor. Yep. So, uh, you know, the the owners of the Yokeyanis one and two um, have been working for for a couple of years now to to upgrade one of their vessels and looking at uh, uh, upgrading the Yokeyanis one just was not going to be feasible. I mean, okay. it's just a lot of these vessels, you know, they're very unique uh, layout and they're just almost impractical. Or um, uh, from a from a cost standpoint, just doesn't work to try to gut it and, and start over. Okay. So uh, they uh, we 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 get inquiries all the time for vessels for sale. So I let them know about a vessel that was uh, in early stages of construction over in Egypt, where hundreds and hundreds of liveaboards are are built. Okay. Um, a big steel vessel. Uh, they went over and looked at it, and uh, were able to negotiate uh, a purchase of it. It's going to be huge beautiful modern vessel i mean it's just an amazing addition so that will replace the okeanos one so we're, okay. we're trying to get back to not be so confusing sometimes with naming vessels so don't mm -hmm. when the, don't try to over engineer it just you know okeanos is nice because it's you know the river that runs around the world and in, in, in mythology but i'm not sure how many people remember that or you know maybe know that right so let's just you know get back to to the basics and and if we call it coco silent aggressor they know exactly what that is and where it goes keeping it simple. so it is uh complete it is uh leaving egypt on its way to uh to actually to italy where it's going to be put on on a uh uh, a shipping ship where they where they ship other ships and they, it'll be put on there shipped over to uh florida where it'll be unloaded and then they'll drive it from there through the panama canal around to costa rica wow i'm not i'm not assuming that's the amazon prime deal there huh yeah no <laughs> <laughs> that's very interesting i'd like to see that but okay well that sounds very exciting i know uh the team over there in uh coco island does a great job and it's been one of our um, very exciting destinations uh, one other thing that we haven't talked about yet is actually the Aggressor Floating Resorts. It's a new brand that Aggressor Adventures is going to have. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so let me step back first and talk about Aggressor Adventures. So, you know, Aggressor Fleet started in 1984 as a, as a pure liveaboard company, which was great. Uh, when I bought it in 2007, um, you know, I wanted to expand a potential customer base. So rather than just having scuba divers, let's see, you know, how, if we can expand outside of that into more adventurous customers. So we started the safari lodges, we started the river cruises and rebranded it aggressor adventures. And then we had the, the sub brands. So we right. had the sub brand of aggressor liveaboards, aggressor safari lodges, aggressor river cruises. Mm -hmm. Well, um, expanding on that. Um, we added and have added, which will start next March, the Aggressor Floating Resort brand. Awesome. So the idea is that uh, 
uh, you have people that want to want to maybe do some scuba diving, but they don't want to dive all week and be out on a on a on a yacht all week. Um, maybe they're just a snorkeler, mm-hmm. um, or maybe they like beach combing, or maybe they just you know want to want to want to be um, have a yacht for the home for the week. Mm-hmm. And so we decided to do the first one in Egypt because that's really Europe's Caribbean, if you want to sure if you want to say it that way. So they come down there all the time. Uh, for for a week and they want to do a lot of different things so right. we've set this up to where every day you're going to pick what you want to do do you want to go scuba diving do you want to go snorkeling beach combing you want to go shopping at the local bazaars you want to hang out at the pool so we're we're going to be um, in a marina at one of the big resorts down there so okay. you have access because um, we'll have a partnership with that resort mm-hmm. have access to the pool um, to the um, to the uh, restaurants uh, and, and so you can kind of pick what you want to do. You want to go banana boat riding, you want to go parasailing. I mean, there's so many things you can do, um, that we offer, um, every day. You can really customize your trip that way. You can do a lot of different things, huh? Exactly. I, I did one of these, um, maybe, maybe 15 years ago, um, up in Northern British Columbia. And so every evening they'd come around with a sheet. So what do you want to do tomorrow? And so it was just, I thought it was just an amazing idea. And it's always been in the back of my head. So, you know, I, up there, I could pick salmon fishing. I could pick helicopter ride. I could pick kayaking, mountain hiking. I mean, there's all these different things. So it's always been in the back of my head that, you know, what a great um, um, idea that was. And it was a floating resort. Now it wasn't a yacht. It was just a floating resort that, you know, they moved in and out of the water um, in the winter and summer. Right. But um, you know, same uh, concept that, you know, come down um, to our floating resort, have a yacht as your home for the week rather than a hotel room mm-hmm. and and pick what you want to do every day. All right. That sounds awesome. Uh, is there anything else you want to discuss or? No, I'm just glad that, um, you know, we're, we're, we're most of us feel like we've we've gotten through the the worst of the pandemic and and, uh, you know, we're things are getting back to somewhat normal. So if, you know, we can get supply chains um, back up and running. Um, you know, I feel like we, we've, you know, we're back to, you know, 2019. Okay. That's where we all want to be. Well, guys, I appreciate you guys coming in. Wayne, I think, thank you for uh, briefing us on all the updates here with everything to do with aggressor adventures. And, uh, I hope you guys learned something today. I know I sure did. And we are excited all the way around, uh, and hope, hopefully we'll be seeing you guys on one of our, uh, exciting adventures here soon. So thanks for coming in and we will see you guys next time. Thanks, Paul. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning into the Inspired by Adventure podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you haven't already, please subscribe through iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you next time.